Hi, my name is Ali Vignola, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You're listening to me and you're listening to me. 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 Snow the goal. 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 Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, the Players podcast, the Prognosticators podcast, the Presidential podcast, the Pedialyte podcast, the Pampers podcast, the Positivity podcast. Well, I'm I Joy. I haven't heard Follow that. Follow me on Twitter at Joy on Broad, and there's Anthony Sanfilippo. We're not sitting in the room together, so uh, already Mr. Interrupting Sanfilippo. Find me on Twitter heard, at Ant Sanfilippo. I haven't heard that in a while, Russ. Did you miss exciting. it? Exciting. You missed it, pal. I missed I missed it. I missed all your wonderful alliteration. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that I could bring a little bit of joy to your evening. Of course, <laughs> we're recording this show at 10:30 Eastern Standard Time. And why are we recording at 10:30 Eastern Standard Time? It's a question that we had, <laughs> we had people tweeting at us earlier today asking, "Yo, where's uh where's the show on 6:10?" So let's get this out of the way uh right away. Um a few weeks ago, the Program director at 610 ESPN, Tim Halloran, passed away suddenly. Um, it was a very rough time uh, in and around the studio, especially for our producer, Ryan Lennox, who uh, we need to give a lot of thanks to for uh, producing the shows for the last few months. It wasn't just Snow the Goalie. Of course, it was Crossing Broadcast and Crossed Up. And um, we were informed at the end of last week that until a new station chief is hired over at 610, they're putting a few shows on um, hiatus. We don't know how long it'll be. We don't know if we'll be back. We have no idea. Um, but we're grateful for the time that we had over there. And uh, Anthony, have anything you want to say? No, I, I mean I I agree with you know everything that you just said. Um, you know I was uh, I think that uh, that they're trying to make a decision on what to do with six ten because they don't have um, a program director um, uh, at this point, and I think it kind of just came out of the blue. Obviously, with uh, with Tim's sudden passing, and um, you know, not knowing where to go, and, and and having anyone to really run the station, I think that they're just going to kind of lean on their ESPN affiliation um, and play ESPN programming because it's the easiest thing to do, right? Until they figure out how they want the station to move forward, and um, you know, will we be a part of that in the future? Possibly, um, maybe not. Who knows? Um, so we're kind of just, you know, in the wait and see mode, just like everybody else is that that's kind of over there, um, that isn't paying for their own airtime. Keep that in mind. Um, there are some shows that still that are considered local shows, but they pay for airtime. So those folks will probably still get some of their airtime because the station's not going to turn away, you know, income. Right. Um, sure. But, uh, as far as, you know, programming that, um, that, they were paying for the Beasley was paying for to be on the air. I think that's where we're kind of just in the wait and see and see what happens with the station kind of kind of deal. So, you know, we we wait like everyone else does, and uh, and you know we'll find out at some point down the road. Well, and then one of the people on our show decided to start a firestorm this afternoon and uh, cause a little bit of mayhem on Twitter with uh, the six ten ESPN sister station. Apparently, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit later in the show, but. We'd be remiss who, if we didn't. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> me? Yes, me. 
Couldn't be. If not, then who? Um, we'll get to that later in the show. But let's let's lead this off. We'd be remiss if we didn't get into your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers, the orange and black, a team that has exceeded expectations in practically every way. But if you've been listening to us for, I don't know, the last year and a half, longer, um, we've we've admitted when we've been wrong and we've admitted when we've been right. And a lot of times we like to revel in the fact that we've been right about things. And uh, Anthony, I... I almost fell out of my chair earlier today when I read a game recap over on CrossingBroad.com where you can find the finest coverage in Philadelphia Flyers land. And I saw you. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. You admitted you were wrong. And uh, you had a proclamation in an H2, a heading two. The Flyers will reach the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. And you said, and you said, I, whoa, that's a bold, a bold statement, Anthony, especially because as recently as two months ago, you had the Flyers as a fifth place team in the Metropolitan Division, scraping and clawing for the final playoff spot. What gives? Yes, I did say that. Here's me admitting I was wrong. I can't believe it. Anthony, let the people into your head. So it's a I scary mean, place, but let them in. Well, and it's funny because someone also tweeted at Frank Saravalli because he was on the show the day we made the predictions. And he had them uh, even a, a, a spot below me uh, in the standings. And he even said he'd be willing to come back on the show and, and uh, do a mea culpa. So we'll have to get Frank back on here in the next week or so. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing of it was, um, you know, first of all, the Flyers are only five points ahead of the position that I had them finishing at the end of the season. So it, it, realistically, it could still happen that I will turn out to be right. Okay. So that, that can still happen. I just want to put that out as a qualifier. That said, I, I'm firmly in the camp now that they're not going to do that, that they're not going to fall back down the standings. I think that the way that the flyers are playing and watching them play and compared to the way other teams are playing, they are playing at a much higher level than most teams in the NHL at this point. And so I don't see them you know, careening back down the standings over the final 17 games of the season. As such, I think that they're going to finish at the top of the division. Um, I, I'm of the belief that they win Wednesday, they're going to win the Metro. I think, Wednesday, I think Wednesday's game, look, if they lose in regulation Wednesday and they fall five points behind the Caps, that's a big difference, right? I mean, you're, it's tough sure. to make up five points in 16 games. But if you get within a point of them, now all of a sudden it's a race. And, and, and it just tells you the way that the Flyers have played, not only in their division, and they have a lot of division games left, but um, not only in division, but the way they've played against top-level competition in this league this year. They have a winning record against teams that, that are better than them. Um, in the standings, and even if you add a couple of the teams that are like right around them, close to them, they still have a winning record. I, I, I think that that bodes well. And the worst I think they finish is second, because I think that I think that the Penguins, I think the Penguins, they're not going to keep losing, but I don't think that the Penguins. When you look at the Penguins' schedule, they got to play Carolina four times. They haven't played Carolina yet this year, right? So they got to play Carolina four times. That's a lot of four-point games there. And Carolina's trying to make their way into the playoffs. So there's like you, you look and you say, well, there's going to be something in there that's not going to get. Like the Penguins aren't going to win all four of those games. Um, you know, the Penguins got to play the, the Flyers again. They got to play the Caps again. They got to they got to play a bunch of you know decent teams like kind of in that mix. 
I can see them, you know, getting back on the winning track, but then eventually being more, you know, average. And I, I think that they're probably the team that finishes third because I, I think they're better than the Islanders and, you know, and the, and the Columbus and Carolina. I don't know if Carolina has – I mean, Carolina would have to win three of those four games, I think, to try and catch Pittsburgh, which is possible, but, I, you know, who knows. Um so I so I think that that's what you're looking at. So if you're the Flyers, you're either going to draw Pittsburgh in the first round, or you're going to win the division and get somebody else, like maybe the Islanders or maybe Carolina in the first round. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that if you look at the way that the Flyers match up against all the teams in the Eastern Conference, or in the uh, Metropolitan Division, rather, um, I think that the only one that kind of gives them fits is the Islanders, but that said, and I think that's because Barry Trotz is such a really good coach and you know knows how to get his team to play defensively against the Flyers. That said, I don't think over the course of a seven-game series that the Islanders would score. They don't have the, the firepower to score enough goals to beat the Flyers four times, especially if, yeah, so it, let's, especially let's, if let's it starts on, in Philly. So let's get a couple numbers on the Islanders. So Flyers have played three games against the Islanders this year. They've lost twice in regulation once. Um, in overtime, or yeah. might have been a shootout. No, it was um, over, I think it was overtime, wasn't it? They, they've been outscored fourteen to nine. Um, which I mean, it, when you look at overall goal differential, that's the difference between uh, four point six seven goals against versus three goals. Uh, you know, four. But when you look against teams that are in their division and other teams in the conference, it, it stands in stark contrast, right? Because they're they're two zero and zero against Boston. They're 2-0-1 against the Carolina Hurricanes. They swept the season series against Columbus. So you start to kind of look down the way that things have gone this year. They're 1-1-1. No, they're, yeah, they're 1-1-1 against uh, the Penguins this year. That Islanders uh, matchup is one that's kind of bonkers for them. I mean, even the the Capitals, a team that everybody feared going into the season, they're 2-0-1 against this year. The only team that they have not gotten over the hump against in terms of the Met, is this Islanders team. So it, it could theoretically be a very strange matchup for them. And, and we talked about the fact that, you know, when you get into the postseason, anything can happen. And a team that looks incredibly strong can get upended, like we saw happen to Tampa Bay last year in the first round. You do have to kind of fear that, you know, if the Flyers aren't able to kind of crack the code on the Islanders before the season ends, um, and the next time they play them is, what, March 24th, they host the Islanders. That to me is a is a big mental hurdle game as much of a a standings game for them. You've got to go into the postseason if that ends up being your matchup, having beaten them at, at some point during the season. Otherwise, that kind of like looms large in the back of your mind. You look at the next few games though. I mean, it should be a murderer's row of sorts. But like I mentioned before, they they've won two games against the Capitals. Um, the Hurricanes, who they've got coming up, they've won two games against. Buffalo Sabres, uh, they've won the only matchup they played this year. Boston, they've handled, right? They're 2-0-0 against them. And then you get to that Tampa Bay game, and Tampa Bay, much like the Islanders, are a team that are problematic in that the Flyers haven't beaten them this season. So maybe that ends up being the first one that really gives you pause. Um, you know, I know we usually save the predictions for the end of the, the show here, but, you know, why don't we jump into it really quickly? How do you see this going? They've got Washington on Wednesday. They've got Carolina that they're hosting on Thursday. And then they host Buffalo on Saturday. When we sit here a week from now 
How many points do you think they get out of it? What's their record? Well, I mean, you know, that back-to-back with Washington and Carolina, that's, that's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no other way of looking at it. That's a, that's a tough back-to-back. Um, and, and I can see the, the you know, the, Colum- the, the uh, Carolina game being a little bit of a letdown, even though it's at home. I could see it being a little bit of a letdown coming off the Washington game if they win the Washington game. Um, if they lose the Washington game, I think it's a different story. I, I think one game kind of leads into the other. Um, but the fact of the matter is is that the Flyers should win two of these three games you know, without a, pro- with, without a problem in my mind. I think they win two out of three. They're Which either going to well. It depends. I mean, it, like I like I think they're going to split. So if they the, beat the Caps. They they drop a trap game to Carolina. I don't even. It's, I, really it's, not, not, a it's trap not that game. it's a, it's not that it's a trap game. It's just that you win an emotional road game against the team that you're chasing at the top of the division, and you got to come home and play a team that's you know desperate because they're trying to get into the playoffs, and just kind of catches you on a back to back. Not that not that it's a trap game. It's just that it's a bad spot to be in if you're the Flyers. Okay. That's all. Um, but if you lose the Washington game, then I think it's like, okay, now we've got to refocus. Flyers haven't lost back-to-back games since the uh, post-Christmas uh, road trip, right? Yep. So I think it, I think that they're a team that really rebounds well from a loss, and so I think that that's a situation where if they lose the Washington game, they, they refocus themselves quickly and, and respond well, and then they can win the Carolina game. I think regardless, they're going to beat Buffalo on Saturday. Um so, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's how I look at it. And, and the thing of it is, Russ, and this is how good the, the, the Flyers are playing right now. Since January 8th, last 22 games, they're a plus 27 in goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've, they've outscored their opposition by 27 goals. That would rank fifth in the NHL if it was through the entire season to this point. And that's with teams playing mm-hmm. 64, 65 games. Think about that. That's, they have the fifth best goal differential in the league if you just count the last 22 games compared to everyone's full season, mm-hmm. that's um, that's pretty impressive. That's really, really impressive. That just shows you how well they're playing right now. They are, they are dominating games. And when you win games by more than a goal per game, like if you're over a course of 22 games, your average goal differential is over a goal, that means you're dominating games. Yeah. And I mean, it's an impressive stat, and it's impressive over that time. And even if you take it to the most macro view, and you compare them against the the rest of the league, the entirety of this schedule so far, they have the fourth best goal differential in the entire NHL, behind only Boston at, at plus 51, Colorado at plus 50, and Tampa Bay at plus 47. They're sitting at plus 30 on the season. If if we had talked about this in the, you know, if, if you told us before the season that we would get to a point where the Flyers were comfortably... And, and I use that term, I guess, a, a little bit cautiously, but comfortably in a playoff position at this point, knowing that there are still teams that could, could just as easily knock them out of that if, if they uh, um, you know lose any kind of focus or any kind of concentration. You look at this, and if you told us that the Flyers were going to be fourth in the league in goal differential, and they were going to be you know, in second place, potentially knocking on the door, first place in the Met at this point in the season. I think we easily would have taken this, but we also probably would have told that person to go to the doctor and get checked for a concussion, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Now, I do think that there are some, 
I think there are some places that have taken this a little bit too far. I mean, you know, you see, you tweeted it out yesterday. Um, I don't know what, what website it was from, to be honest with you, because I don't buy Money it. Money Puck? Was that what it was? Money, Money Puck? Puck? Yeah, I believe that so. the, that the yeah, Flyers are, have the, are the favorite to to. Yeah, it was moneypuck.com. Yeah, so, so really quickly. So the breakdown of this, and it, it was exciting. I mean, come on. Sometimes you have to... But who, what you is have that to based throw caution on? Listen, listen, hold what on. What is it you have based to throw on, Russell? Listen, stop, 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 stop. No, there stop. is no stop. Sometimes you, stop. Sometimes you have to throw caution to the wind, and you just have to embrace the the hilarity, embrace the crazy just a little bit, right? So the Flyers, uh, per money puck, when I looked this up on March 1st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or is it Eastern Time? I don't know. Is it Standard right now? Are we in Daylight Savings? I don't know what that does. It doesn't no, matter. we're not in Daylight Savings. The, the Flyers... The Flyers were not given the best chance to make the playoffs. They're at 99.1%, right? Uh, but they were at 62.7% to make the second round, 38.5% to make the third round, 22% to make the final, which is the best in the league, and then 13% chance of winning the Stanley Cup, better than the Vegas Golden Knights, who were at uh, second at 11.5%, Boston at 8.8%, Tampa Bay at 75 and Colorado at 74 to round up the top five. Uh, this also has the Flyers projected at 104.8 points. Obviously, that's not a real thing, so I guess rounded up to 105. But they're only given a 41.2% chance of winning their own division. Uh, Washington had them beat at 48.7%. So I guess what I'm saying is the way that however this this site uh, calculates percentages and calculates possibility and chance and all that, I don't know if they're effectively what 538 is for basketball and other sports. But listen, anytime you can go nuts and just enjoy the ride and see that your team is being thought of highly, whether it's that, whether it's the fact that the NHL Twitter account was actually recognizing the Flyers and saying they've won six straight, um, whether it's seeing the, the team listed in the power rankings, whether it's turning on your radio and actually hearing people kind of sort of trying to talk about the team. Uh, during any part of the day, like it's still exciting. It's it's something that I know that a lot of times you like to try to poo-poo things and and give people a, a dose of reality. But sometimes it is nice to just sit back and to kind of give people a moment to enjoy things looking better, especially for the fans who stuck with this team through the disaster that was the 2018-19 season. Russ, do you do you hear yourself? Are you hearing yourself? Do. You do you hear I what do. you're Listen. saying? Yeah, no, you're you're. It's asinine. Yeah, I get it. It's okay. You, look, it's okay. It's okay to be, um, you know, excited about the Flyers. It's okay to to relish in the fact that they're in contention. You know, it's 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 exciting to think that they can make a longer run here in the playoffs than maybe anybody even expected. That's that's all well and good, but to sit there and say they're the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, come on. <laughs> Really, come on, Anthony Sanfilippo, not buying stock in no. MoneyPuck.com. No, no, and and here's another one, right? Like this one got put out a little bit earlier today. Tonight, NHL and NBC, uh, and then they have their site, Pro Hockey Talk. Right? They did their mm-hmm. t- they did their power rankings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Top five. Flyers are fourth. Yep. In the NHL, here's your top five: Boston, St. Louis, Colorado. Flyers, Vegas. What's missing? Say those again. Boston, St. Louis, yeah. Colorado, Flyers, Vegas. 
What's missing? Uh, well, Boston's not there. Boston's number one. I said that. Boston. Oh, do you say Boston? Yes. You're, 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 you listen well. Boston, yeah, I'm, St. I'm Louis. Reading, I'm reading something while you're talking. That's wonderful. Just give the answer. I don't need the... Uh, I don't need this method. Go ahead. I, I don't know. How about Tampa? I don't need the Socratic method. How about Tampa? Yeah. I, 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 they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. They've been the best team in hockey for three months. I mean, really, come on. How do you not? Anthony, ha- I'm, hold on, hold on. I'm out on Money Puck. So I just pulled up their power rankings and their power ranking system. You ready for this? They Go have ahead. the Flyers listed at second. What's the second metric they use? Expected goals. Expected goals at even right, strength. Right, I'm right. out. There you go. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm never going back. Okay. Never again. All right. I mean, look, I, I, I'm 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 the one who's putting his, his neck out there and saying on March second that the Flyers are going to the Eastern Conference Final when they haven't even clinched a playoff spot yet, right? So yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm buying into what they're doing. I'm buying into how they're playing and believe it's sustainable. But at the same time, I do think that eventually talent wins out, okay? Um, Especially if talent is playing in a uh, system that works. And I think both Boston and Tampa have more talent than the Flyers. I think both teams are well coached. I think both teams play very systematically. And I think that I'm not saying the Flyers would get blown out in either series. I think the Flyers can give both of those teams a good series. I think it can go six or seven games, as a matter of fact. But I just don't think that they're as talented as either of those teams, which is why that's where I'm cutting it off at. I, you know, I'm optimistic about the Flyers, and and I think that they're now a contender. But to sit there and say that they're the favorite, the favorite. To win the Stanley Cup. Listen, it's one they're, site, they're not, Anthony. It's one site. Stop getting – stop. You put stop. it out there. You save – listen, you save the negativity. It's not Costa. negativity. It's not negativity. It, it's, it's realism. It's, a, it's a, You put it out a, there. I'm, my issue is with you. Listen, I put it, it out there because it was fun. I put it out there because it was fun. Yeah, and because people need do. a reason to smile. That's why. Okay. That's absolutely why. Look, look. We sat through – one of the worst seasons in Flyers history last year. It might not have been based on record, but it certainly was in terms of you the turmoil Russ, that surrounded the team. Oh, no, 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 no. No. You did not have to endure 2007. You did I not didn't. have to endure that. No, there was nothing worse than that. That season was over before it, it started, the worst and season. we Hold spent on. months whoa, whoa. writing about nothing. It was the most awful, awful experience ever. Last year was far more interesting and exciting from our perspective than that sure. ever than 2007 ever could. But our perspective is also different than that of of what fans following the team got to experience and to enjoy. I didn't say it was the worst; it was one of the worst. Because when you think about it, all of the hope that people had going into last year, which admittedly might have been higher than it should have been, yeah. was was derailed by the firing of the GM, the firing of the coach, and and thoughts of, you know, are are all of our young players or are many of the young players that we've heard such good things about over the years, are they not going to develop into that next level? So there were a lot of questions that that came out of last season in the midst of them playing poorly. And I think what we've gotten to see this year is the impact that a legitimate coach who brings legitimate experience 
and a system that not only explains at the micro level what's expected of, of players and, and the role that they're expected to play, but also puts into place the macro concept of how that player and that player's role fits into the scheme of the entire team, and that role being clearly communicated has benefited this team massively. It's something they didn't have last year, and it's a, it's probably the most common thread that's come out of that locker room when we talk to these players is they actually seem to know what's expected of them. And and they're, I, I don't know if there's anything that you could put on a player uh, or give to a player that they would appreciate more than knowing what is expected of them at any given time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you're right. But I mean, again, it doesn't that doesn't equate to you know being ridiculous. In you're my getting mind. so caught up in this money puck thing. It's Stop not. So it's not just it. them. You're getting caught up. You're it's caught not up. just them. It's like it's it's almost like you know everybody's finally realized that the Flyers are, are good and they've been good for a while. I think I, I think I think I had a lead on a story in the first week of November. That said, you know what? This Flyers team's actually pretty good. This is a pretty good yes. team. I, you know, it, I, was I just you know spitting in the wind at that point? No. I mean, you could see it. You could see a difference. And and there were still things that needed to be fixed. There was no, they were far from where they are now. They're they're significantly better today than they were at the beginning of November. There's no doubt about that. But you could see then. A difference, but nobody wanted to talk about it then. Nobody wanted to discuss it then. Now all of a sudden, now that it's happening, now it's like, oh, everybody needs to talk about it. And it's like, well, no, that's not how it works. And because then they also take it too far, and that's what. Mm. It, but that bothers me. It's like, God, come on, man, like, just let it be what it is. Like, enjoy it for what it is. You know. No, you're right. Nobody wanted to talk about them back in November and the fact that they looked good. But you're right. Like they're playing much better now. Speaking of playing better, um, you got the Rangers, right? Back-to-back games against the Rangers. This team swept both. And, of course, you know, maybe maybe the, the biggest thing to come out of that game, the first one on, on uh, Friday, was the fact that uh, Kreider got taken out by a Phil Myers uh, shot. And then we saw Oliver on Twitter, and I know that you were thrilled as we were uh, down at Wells Fargo Center seeing people tweet about it. That's why you don't get in the way of a Phil Myers shot. And you know, that had your... Uh, your heart brimming, right? You people, were, people you annoy just... me. People. Why do they annoy me. you so much? Because it's 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 stupid, man. Like, you know, th- these these guys. Like, who? What do you know about Chris Kreider? Like, what is this? What is the guy who said that know about Chris Kreider? Like, Chris Kreider is a really darn good hockey player. Like, he's a solid solid hockey player. Never been a never been a guy who did anything that could that should piss you off, right? I mean, he's just a mm-hmm. good player on a team that you don't like. Okay, fine. But to sit there and like kind of you know cheer on the fact that he broke his foot because he was doing his job and blocking a shot heading towards the net, you know, I mean that's like you know, come on, that's so that's so juvenile, it's unnecessary. So that's why. All right, so so let's talk about that game. So there there were a few standout stars, and hey, that could actually lead us to uh, the body bagging that happened uh, over the weekend as well. (laughs) So Jake Voracek uh, on Friday puts up four assists. Voracek has certainly. Uh, rebounded in recent weeks. Um, Sean Couturier had two points in the game. Claude Giroux, oh, captain, my captain, goes out and puts two biscuits in the basket. And, you know, for as many times as we had the conversation on this show, and we've gone back and forth with people on Twitter, on all the Facebook groups uh, that I, I frequent from time to time, about the trade Giroux, the trade Voracek crowd, 
uh, six points really uh, works out pretty well for you in the grand scheme of things, does it not? No, it does. I mean, and those guys played great. And, and look, these two Flyers wins were excellent. I mean, and it's the third time that they've taken a team that's trying to get into the playoff race and beat them in back-to-back games. First they did it to Florida, then they did it to Columbus, and now they do it to the Rangers. And, and it's really just been, you know, the, the Flyers have been like, you know what, you're not catching us. That's it. I know you're chasing, but we're not going to let you get get close. Now, to be fair to the Rangers, they lost their goalie Shesterkin to in the car accident last week. That was a big deal. He had been playing out of his mind, like really, really good. So that was one big loss. And then they lose Kreider on top of the fact that they played four games in five and a half days, basically, because the, the Sunday game was a noon start. All those excuses aside for the Rangers, the Flyers still played excellent hockey. So there's not, you know, not taking anything away from the Flyers. Um, you can give a couple of excuses for the Rangers there, but I mean, nevertheless, I don't know if even with the goalie and even with Kreider healthy, and even if they had more time off, I still don't know that they would have found a way to beat the Flyers. Uh, so that's that's how good the Flyers have been. You you pretty much summed it up. And then right. the the interesting it, thing was like when when this team goes back to back against teams, like the most recent one that that kind of came to mind was Columbus. Um, when the Flyers won at home against Columbus, but they weren't really celebrating in the locker room. And, and the sentiment in the locker room was, if we don't go out to Columbus and, and do the same thing again, this one doesn't really matter, right? You just end up back at square one. And the Flyers, you know, win that game on Friday, and it, it didn't feel quite as as muted of a of a tone afterwards. But there was still that thought of, like, you know, we still have to go take care of business up at, up at MSG. And, and, and they did it. And the interesting thing I thought in the game on Sunday was you started to see the reason that Chuck Fletcher went out and got guys like Derek Grant. Um, You started to see the reason they go out and get a guy like Nate Thompson. You see the impact that these guys have in bottom six roles, but then especially on the penalty kill. And I know you touched on that in your article uh, on Monday. But do you want to take people down that road a little bit about, you know, those who were kind of poo-pooing those moves on deadline day and them showing the importance that they that they have on this team? Yeah, well, Grant has paid off more than Thompson so far. Thompson actually struggled a little bit um, in that fourth line role. He's actually taken a couple penalties that, you know, have come back to bite the Flyers a little bit. But uh, I, I, I don't think it's been. You know he's been terrible. I just think that it's a matter of you know finding your footing with a new team, and you know sometimes it takes a, a few games to do that. I think he'll be fine. But Grant has you know kind of come in a little bit more seamlessly. His his first game, you know he looked terrible, but that was because he had taken a red eye flight, didn't sleep, and then had to play a game. Really didn't get to practice that morning. Didn't practice. Didn't sleep. Really had to had to play. Uh, so he obviously looked slow in his first game. But sitting, that was against San Jose on Tuesday. But the the two games against the Rangers, he was sensational, uh, really good. He scored a goal, had an assist um, against the Rangers on Sunday. The assist was shorthanded assist. Um, again, the Flyers being aggressive uh, on the puck, not really letting teams you know set up or or have time to make a pass. Michael Roffel forces the turnover. Grant takes it down the ice, and and smartly waits for Roffel to get in a position to you know to set him up for a goal and makes a nice pass over to him. And then when he scores the goal, um, again, he's skating hard down the ice and kind of surprises the Rangers a little bit and, and just creates a lot of room for himself, makes a move. And, you know, Henrik Lundqvist looked 
old on that goal um, and uh, Grant scores. And so, I mean, if you're able to get that kind of you know production from your from further down your lineup, if you're able to get goals from that third line and from the fourth line, I mean, we saw Nick Albe Kubel almost score again, picked up a primary assist on Matt Niskanen's goal because he hit the post. Um, but like, if you if you got guys like that, you know, continuing to put the puck in the net, I mean, Tyler Pitlick set up a goal as well. I mean, really makes a nice play um, on uh, whose goal was that? Um, made a nice play on the wall and chipped it ahead. Was that the was that? I'm trying to remember which goal it was. Anyway, but um, might have did that end up being Van Riemsdyk's? No. I just like to sit back and listen to you think out loud. Crap, I forget. Anyway, but he makes a nice play along the wall to do a little touch pass. Um, you know that leads to a goal. So, like, I mean, if you get plays like that from those guys down further down the lineup, it takes a lot of pressure off of your top guys. And that's not to say that the top guys aren't going to score or don't have to score. But they, but they don't feel like they have to do it every game. Like if for some reason they're they're snake bitten or something, they can rely on lines two, three, and four to find the net. And that's really what's happening with this Flyers team right now. They they've got a lot of production through four lines. You mentioned a guy that I, I I've been really impressed with, and a guy that we've talked about a, a ton on the Press Row Show, and that's Nick Nick Abikubel, Knack, who AV likes to call Cube. A lot of the guys like to call Cube. Um. Is there a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere to surprise so many people uh, with not only versatility of sorts, but also just being that guy that, I mean, he's still young. And the fact that he's kind of become that glue guy, that that sandpaper guy, the grit, the, the guy who gets in and does all the dirty work at 23 years old, soon to be 24, like... Is there a guy that you can think of in, in recent years that's filled that role as well as Knack has done to this point. I mean, he's got 13 points in 32 games. <laughs> you want me to think of somebody else that that's kind of surprised like that uh, yeah. with the Flyers? <sighs> yeah, I'm having a hard time um, really coming up with somebody that just came out of nowhere, right? I mean, not that he even came out of nowhere, but I mean, that really kind of just came up and you know, is productive and, and stayed in and remained productive because the only other player that's really kind of come in and played that similar role, but wasn't, hasn't been nearly as productive until this year is Lawton. Um, and I wouldn't say that Lawton, you know, hit the ground, hit the ground running. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think, I I can't think of one. Which I think just kind of speaks to the uniqueness of this kid. Um, and, and it's funny because you, as you talk to players, you kind of get the idea of how well liked a guy is or, or how much people like playing with him out on the ice. And he seems to be one of those guys that, that, that even the vets light up about, right? Because he just, he does, he he does the things that make their jobs and their lives easier on the ice, right? He's winning those battles along the boards. Like he, he's just a guy that at, at his age, I think plays a very mature game for the most part. And uh, he's, he's good to see. And like, I think he's now successfully carved out a spot for himself on this team. And it's not just a, the rest of this year. Like I think he's now kind of begun to, to make a case for himself long-term on this team. Yeah. He's not the 12th forward. There's no, you know what I mean? Like if you're ranking the forwards, he's not number 12. 
So, I mean, that's a thing. By the way, uh, I just went to the advanced Twitter search to find <laughs> who it was Tyler Pitlick made that pass to just because I'm nuts mm-hmm. like that and I refused mm-hmm. to. It would have been on my mind all night. Um, yep. he, it was Grant's goal. He made a little touch pass to Grant to create that odd man rush. Yep. So there you go. That's, I couldn't. I was like, I knew it was Sunday. I just don't remember which goal it was, and it was it was actually. I knew Grant's that because goal. I I clipped the goal. I just wanted to see how long it took you to get it. Well, come on, you should have. Helped. These are the kinds of games I get to play now that we're not in the studio together. <sighs> that's, that's terrible. That's bad partnering right there. That's not bad partnering. I'm it is. I'm here for you. You're I'm here to help you. me out. I'm here to help you. I am. <laughs> uh, so All right. Where do you want to go next? Well, you know what, Anthony? Hey, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if you prepared this or not. Because, uh, you know, after all, it is important. We still have our uh, our fine friends that we need to talk about over here. Of course here I'm on, prepared, uh, Russell. On, are you kidding on me? On Snow the Goalie. we got to talk about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, of course. They are the nation's number one sports betting app in all of these fine United States of America. And DraftKings Sportsbook, they, they've always got a great deal going. They've got a $1,000 sign-up deposit bonus going. And uh, Anthony, do you have your uh, your picks ready? Of course, I have my picks ready. Hit them with your picks. Okay. Hit the people. Go ahead. So uh, I couldn't do obviously since we're recording late. I used the uh, one of the things I've been doing is I've been doing one on Monday and one on Tuesday. Um, but since our situation has sort of changed here, uh, I'm still going to give two picks, but I'm going to make them both on Tuesday since that's when this the show is going to drop in the morning. Uh, so that way, you know, you betters can can make your picks uh, both on Tuesday night. Uh, I went one and one last week, um, so my record is sixteen and fourteen, which isn't fantastic, but isn't losing. <laughs> so, sure. if anything, you're probably if you've been betting with me every week, you're probably five hundred. Um, you're probably broke even. So, um, the the first game I'm actually going to give you is a team who got their rear ends kicked tonight. The Nashville Predators on home ice against Edmonton. And the Predators are a team that are battling for a playoff spot. They lost at home 8-3. to three. They gave up eight goals at home. That is nuts. They go on the road to play the Minnesota Wild, who have been playing better despite losing their last game. Uh, and the Wild have sort of gotten themselves back into the st- uh, playoff race a little bit. The Wild are only one point behind the Predators at this point. Um, so that's a huge game uh, tomorrow night, or tonight if you're listening Tuesday. In Minnesota, you know it's the, they're going to be pumped up for it. But I think Nashville, after you get obliterated like that, I think that something changes a little bit. And I, I like the Predators in that game. I really do. I think that there's, you know, you lose a game like that, and then the next game you come out and you gotta you got to fix it and fix it quick. Um, conversely, the Oilers... Uh, who put up an eight spot, right? And ever, you know, you get excited about that. I mean, they, so that the, the, <laughs> the Oilers were a dead even team on goals for and against. Now they're plus. Yeah, they, they get they add eight goals tonight, right? So that's that's a huge one for them. Um, but they're going to Dallas, okay? Um, and the Stars are kind of you know they're kind of sitting in third place right now. And that's that might be where they end up because they're six points behind the the Colorado Avalanche for second, and they uh, are seven points ahead of Vancouver, who's the top wild card team. So so Dallas is kind of in that middle spot. Meanwhile, Edmonton is two points behind Vegas, who's on fire, and three points ahead of Calgary, who's chasing them, and they're only six points out of missing the playoffs. I I actually like Edmonton going down to Dallas tomorrow. 
coming off of an eight-goal game, uh, kind of feeling it a little bit. Even though it's back-to-back, I like the Oilers to win again in Dallas tomorrow night. So take uh, take the Predators and the Oilers, uh, even though they played tonight, both played tonight, both on the road tomorrow as victories. Look at that. Hashtag successful San Filippo picks. <laughs> Listen, DraftKings Sportsbook, you know, they're based here in the U.S., which means you can always know that you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. They're safe and secure. It's not an offshore betting app where you feel kind of dirty placing a bet and even dirtier trying to get your money back. Nay, nay. It doesn't happen with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's no wonder that they're the top-rated sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. And like I mentioned before, Anthony, for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Oh, man. Don't forget, promo code CROSSINGBROAD. Get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so we got our fine friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll talk about our friends at Odd Logic in a second, but... Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on about how the Flyers are playing right now? No, I think it's I think it's just a, a total total team effort. Total <laughs> no, I think team effort. Yeah, I just think T-T-E. that that's TTE. It's total team effort. Um, I haven't. I'll I, I, I'll say this. I haven't seen the Flyers play with this much consistency at this level since 2004. Wow. I know they went to the final in 2010. Uh, that team was sporadic all season, barely made it to the playoffs. Didn't love them in the first round, even though they won it. They had, of course, the the historic, memorable come-from-behind uh, series win against Boston. So maybe you sit there and say those four games against the Bruins and then the five games against Montreal in the conference final to get to the final, maybe like a nine-game stretch there where they were just awesome. Right, I mean, maybe that's the last time, but that was only nine games. I'm talking this is a 22-game stretch where they've been just off the charts, and I, I don't think that I've seen a team like this since 04 when they went to the conference finals and lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, that's where I think this Flyers team is right now as far as the level that they're playing. Guess where I was in 2004 when the Flyers uh, lost to Tampa? Uh... Disney World. <laughs> I was at my eighth grade prom. <laughs> Let that one sink in. First of all, it's not called a prom in eighth grade. Give me. Oh, a it was definitely called eighth grade prom. Oh, it was hundred percent. It it such, definitely was such a Schuylkill County thing. I remember. Listen, I remember where I was too. I, it was in in the middle school cafeteria, and I remember being really upset that I couldn't stay home and watch the game. And a kid ran in and said, my dad just called. Flyers just lost to the Lightning. And it ruined the night. I was absolutely devastated. Very sad moment in my life. Uh, It definitely didn't have to do with the fact that I didn't get to dance with a nice young lady at the time. Very upsetting. It was definitely the Flyers. So sad. (laughs) So sad. Scarred for life. Scarred for life. That's wonderful. All right. So the Flyers playing well has led us to a, a spot that a lot of times people often complain about, which is there's no media attention given to the team. And it 
it has begun to continue to compound itself over the last few weeks. Because a few weeks ago, I noticed that there was a sports radio host who I, I won't name, uh, who was actively complaining on, it might have been President's Day, uh, complaining about how Flyers fans were telling him to stop talking about the Flyers uh, and was kind of beside himself saying like, you know, you people always want to talk about the Flyers. You always want us to talk about the Flyers. Now I'm talking about them and you don't want to talk. And my whole problem was sitting there listening for 15, 20 minutes was it's not that people don't want to listen to Flyers talk. It's they don't want to listen to you talk about the Flyers because they can read through and they can see through the fact that you don't know what you're talking about and you don't watch the games. And so that that was kind of like a blip. That was a little blip in the radar. And not a lot of people cared, and it didn't seem like it caught on too much, and we weren't going to go and, and roast anybody online. We weren't going to write a post for Crossing Broad, even though that is historically what we do is talk about the media. Um, but it, it's begun to become a thing a, a whole lot more in the last week or so, specifically in the last three or four days, um, as the Sixers have continued to stumble, as they've continued to not remotely come close to preseason expectations the the flyers have gotten hot and the sixers continue to kind of stumble and without ben simmons and joel Embiid in the lineup for the foreseeable future the sports talk radio stations have tried to get in on the flyers chat they've asked about is it okay to get on the bandwagon they've asked if wayne simmons is still on the team and so i guess i pause it to you my friend uh should people be giving sports talk radio hosts who are trying to talk about the team a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to give them a chance. But the thing of it is, is it has to be, you know, legitimate conversation. It can't be, you know, the tomfoolery that sometimes is, you know, used on sports talk radio when it comes time to talk hockey. Like, you can go back years and years, you know, to to, to an era where, you know, certain hosts said that there were only 17,000 hockey fans in Philadelphia which is certainly not true but you know that was a thing that was said on the radio all the time and then you know Flyers fans were called Stepford fans because they only you know they they never would speak negatively about their team well we we know for a fact that is no longer the case a whole different generation of Flyers fans exists now and guess what they're far more critical than they were ever were before um so, like, you, you got to get away from those tropes, okay? At the same time, you, you also, if you're going to have legitimate conversation, you have to have watched it, okay? You have to have paid attention to the game. You have to know a little bit about it. You can't, you can't just talk about it on the periphery. And I think that that's kind of what fans get, hockey fans get frustrated about. I don't think the Flyers fans really expect the Flyers to be the, you know, lead conversation topic on talk radio um i think they get it they understand that the the flyers are the fourth team in this city and that you know they're always going to fall behind the eagles the sixers and the phillies but if they're going well there's no reason that that can't be something that's discussed during a a, a broadcast or during a uh, a program um you know and even if it's even if it's you know the secondary topic or the tertiary topic whatever like that's something that can can still be there while you still have your Eagles conversation or your Sixers conversation. And I think what's happened here is this has become a conversation of of 
convenience that talk radio has has had to pivot to the Flyers um, because, A, the Flyers are playing well, but, B, because the Sixers aren't and that the Sixers aren't playing well without their two-star players. So there's not a lot to talk about with the Sixers. Um, you know, I can take you back to, you know, the, historically – uh, back when newspapers mattered, um, but it, it's still even referred to today. February was always known as National Hockey Month because that was the t- that was the month between the end of football and the start of baseball when newspaper columnists would go to hockey games to write columns because they didn't have anything else to write about. So, um, and usually that was the time of year that you know the team had to start to get good or else they would lose you know all the any coverage uh, that they were getting. So I, I think when you when you have that kind of mentality that, you know, th- th- it doesn't matter um, unless there's nothing else to talk about, I think that frustrates hockey fans. Because let's be honest, if the Sixers were meeting expectations right now, this Flyers six-game winning streak would be a blip on the radar at best and probably not discussed on talk radio. Because if the Sixers were, you know, pushing for the top of the conference and and Bede was having an MVP type year and all the hype would be about let's just get to the playoffs and, you know, who do they match up best against and can they win us a championship and like all that, that's that would be it. I mean, that would be dominating the conversation right now, uh, even more so than, you know, spring training and, you know, the, the Eagles offseason news, whatever. I mean, that would be what dictated it. But the fact that the Sixers have come up empty and come up small there's nothing else for talk radio to talk about but the flyers so now they're pivoting to it and the the thing of it is is like you know depending on the host i think there are certain hosts out there who can do it who can talk hockey and you know if they choose to because they do watch the games or they do pay enough attention that they can have a legitimate conversation about it but i also think there are hosts who have no clue (laughs) <laughs> what's going on with the Flyers, nor do they care. And if they do talk about it, they're only going to talk about it with like a real high-level conversation like, hey, uh, I'm a casual fan. Can I get back on the bandwagon? You know, call us up and tell us. Well, that's, you know, what good is that? That's not really talking about hockey. That's just kind of saying, well, we got to mention it. We gotta, we've got we been told that the Flyers are, are, are an interesting thing right now, so this is the, this is the angle we're going to go with. And it's kind of lame, to be honest with you. So – you know, I'd I'd rather, as someone who likes hockey, I'd rather you didn't talk about it if you don't know anything about it. And that's not that's not saying it's an elitist thing. It's really not. It's not an elitist take. But there's nothing worse than listening to someone talk about something that they don't know about. And it doesn't just have to be hockey. It could be any sport. It could be any topic in life. But if someone's trying to make pretend that they know what they're talking about about something – and you have to sit there and listen to them knowing that they don't know what they're talking about, that's awful. <laughs> that's terrible. So that's what I'm saying. If, these, if, if the hosts that are on the air now want to talk about hockey, then pay attention to it. Go ahead. I mean, I think it's great that you want to talk about it, but pay attention to it and don't make fun of it. And whatever you do, don't make fun of the fans. And look, I don't. I, I Flyers fans annoy me sometimes, okay? We, we've had these discussions. I have... Uh, some Twitter wars with people um, because they say something that's really stupid and they don't understand you know, what's going on and you know and, and that's fine and that's that's part of it okay 
But and by the, the way, that's not exclusive to just Flyers fans. Like Sixers no, sure. Twitter can be insufferable. Eagles, yes, they all can. The, yeah, the, yeah. Fa- fans are fa- fans are what they are. Okay, but there are fans who know the game. There are fans who you can have good conversations with, and I think that those the the difference I think between Flyers fans who want to call the radio and other sports fans that want to call the radio is I think that Flyers fans who know the sport want to call because they never have an opportunity to talk about it, whereas you probably get a lower common denominator fan for the other sports that call in because there are other avenues to really pursue conversation about the Eagles and conversation about the Sixers and conversation about the Phillies. Um, but there really is not an avenue. I mean, you know, you look at Snow the Goalie. We we were we were doing a thing on AM radio with only our own promotion. Like nobody else was promoting us except for us. And we were getting people just arbitrarily calling into the show. And may, what did we give out the number? Like once at the very top of the show maybe? And we would get people calling in and that's not to sit there and say that, oh, look at us, we're awesome. It's it's saying that there is a need for people that to talk about hockey, and they don't have that, they don't have that forum. Um, and we, for a brief period of time, offered that forum to them. Um, so that's the thing, and I think that that's what you know. Sometimes people lose sight of is that the the goal of talking about hockey on the radio. It's not just let's arbitrarily do it just to do it because the team's playing well, but we really want to talk about it. Let's that's that's what hockey fans want. It doesn't make them elitist. It doesn't make them curmudgeonly because oh we. It doesn't mean that they hate the other teams. I, I don't I don't buy that. I think there are, maybe you have a very small element of people who feel that way that are hockey flyers fans and hate the other philadelphia teams that's ridiculous those people don't deserve to listen to good good hockey talk okay but i do think that there are legitimate fans who care about the flyers who also care about the other teams in town but they want an opportunity to either talk about it or listen to people talk about it and formulate their own opinions just give it a fair shake that's all that i ask that's all i'm not asking for the world from talk radio i'm asking for a fair shake for the sport and uh, you know it it bothers me like it bothers you to hear it be done in the way that it's done sometimes in this town it's the mocking i think it's the mocking that bothers me the most and and it's not surprised so i i tweeted out this afternoon and and this caused a firestorm i guess it wasn't meant to cause a firestorm it was just an observation so I, I said, just listen to the Flyers' flagship station say the team hadn't played consistently well until this recent stretch. Couldn't answer when the last time the team won a playoff series was. Gets frustrated the fans are upset they haven't been talked about until now. It's not that people are mad the team's getting talked about now. It's the lack of awareness that so many hosts have about the team. Watch the games on DVR, read what's reported, do your job, and rant. And, you know, of course, that got picked up because, uh, I don't know, I guess somebody from the show got offended um, and thought I was subtweeting. It really wasn't. It was just it was a simple observation. Um, but it, it got blown up into a thing because uh, Natalie Aganoff from 97.5 pointed out and tagged the 610 ESPN account that the Fanatic and 610 ESPN are sister stations. And that's fine. And that's accurate. And we've met with Natalie Aganoff's boss her former boss, her current boss, and their boss's boss. 
we had conversations with them back in, what was it, October? Um, yeah. We talked to them about the importance of hockey being represented. We talked to them about the shows that we were doing for Crossing Broad. We were talking about the shows like Crossed Up that you and Bob do for baseball, about Crossing Broadcasts that we were also doing on 610. Um, and, and I think that the coverage that we do, I think the shows that we do across the board are very solid radio. And we, I think, at some point had been under the the belief, the idea that at some point, if things had started to go a certain way, we might have, you know, been looking at an opportunity on the FM station. And five months later, that never happened. And that's okay. And I'm not here to complain about the fact that we didn't get a shake or a fair shake or whatever it is. Um but I think that the the timing of all of this is just unfortunate because, I mean, obviously the circumstances around the station chief passing away, that is the most tragic of all of this. Um, but it's also happening at a time now where the team gets hot and the only, legitimately, the only show that was dedicated to the Philadelphia Flyers that wasn't a team-based, uh, a show that was staffed by people who work for the team and henceforth can't be as critical as they might want to be or are in private that show no longer exists on the radio, at least temporarily, until they hire a new station chief. And to me, it sucks, because not only do I think we do a good job, and not only do I think uh, we gave people a um, an avenue to be able to call in if they so choose, or to listen to something on an AM station where it predominantly has been dominated by ESPN syndicated programming instead of local flair, I, I look at this now, and I, I'm just kind of disappointed for people who listen to our show because you know, the people who have always listened to the podcast, like nothing has really changed for them. Um, but for those who had been tuning in and we got a bunch of messages on, on Twitter and got a couple on the Facebook page that were like, where are you guys? I listen live. I don't usually listen to the podcast. You know, those people are now missing out and the people who reach out to you on social media are only a small portion of the, the people obviously who listen to the show. And so to me, there's just kind of a disingenuous attempt right now to try to talk about this team. And I think you can tell um, as you listen to some of these shows, the people who are trying to get into it and the people who are trying to get themselves a little bit more knowledgeable about the team versus the people who very clearly are falling back on the, um, I don't know, the, the tired narrative that Flyers fans just complain about everything. And I think that's going to continue to be a thing as we go forward in the next few weeks because it you're you're seeing the I don't know if it's the cream rise to the top, but you're certainly I think able to listen to some of these hosts and and determine that like uh, some of these people are being honest and earnest in their attempts to connect with Flyers fans, and there are some who are just doing it because they don't know how to talk about Shake Milton for three hours or two hours or four hours. Is that fair? Yeah, it's totally fair, Russ. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. So I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn. I don't want to scorch earth. But we, you and I collectively, we bust our ass to cover this team on the radio, on the site, doing the press row show. And I will be damned if we're going to sit back and worry about a relationship with the station and worry about being critical when people are being done a disservice. I just won't stand for it. And that's where I'm at. Go Russ. Team Russ. (laughs) 
That's where I'm at. No, it's fine. And and look, you're not, you know, it's you're not wrong. Um, everything that you've said was, and I know knowing you and knowing, you know, the kind of time and effort that you put in. Um, and that's another thing, like, or, you know, we're not looking for sympathy here, but you know, th- this is not our full-time job for either one of us, nor do we want it to be, um, at this point. Um, but the fact is, is that despite that, um, w- you know, we do go out of our way to try and make this program you know, as, as best as it can be. And, uh, we've had a lot of success with it. And I think that there's even more success for it coming down the road. Um, and, and that's great. And, and I love it. And, uh, you know, we'll do, do whatever I can for it. Um, but I think that the time, you're right. The timing of this was, was, is the thing that's the most disheartening because this is the time when flyer fans, hockey fans need, a show like us the most and now you know we're we're, we're kind of at an at a i don't want to say we're at an impasse because we're not i mean we, we could get a phone call tomorrow and say hey they hired a new guy and they want to put you right back on the same time and it'd be like, oh, lady. great guy or lady awesome um it's gonna be yeah whatever that could happen um or we may never hear another word i mean we don't we really we really don't know um we're as in the dark about it as everyone else is um and that's, you know, people are looking for, obviously, looking for a place to talk about hockey. And, you know, people are looking to call and express their opinions. And that's the one thing that I that I feel most uh, upset about for fans is because we really don't have that capability as a podcast. Sure, we could still do what we were doing. Like, you and I could still do our thing, and we still have our sponsors, and, you know, it, it, everything still works for me and you. Uh, that doesn't change. Um, but if, But for the listener... If so and so wants to call up and say what they feel about something, or tell me or you that they disagree with our opinion, or they appreciate our opinion, whatever they want to say, um, they don't have that luxury anymore. The only way they can do it is, you know, through Twitter or you know, hopping on the press row show at a home game, or you know, and leave a review, um, you know, in in Apple Podcasts, or whatever. But I mean, that's but that's not quite the same thing as having the opportunity to call up and to actually have your voice be heard. And I, and I think that there is a segment of sports fans in Philadelphia who are being silenced because there's just not good enough, enough uh, good hockey conversation. There you go. So I guess, look, we, can, we could theoretically, Anthony, we could take the thousands of people who listen to this show every week, and we could tell them that if they started sending emails, if they started tweeting at, any station, I don't care what station it is. We're under no uh, exclusive contract right now. Right. If you want to hear hockey talk in Philadelphia, if you want to hear Snow the Goalie back on the airwaves, feel free. Tweet at the stations. Find the emails for the program directors or the assistant program directors or their bosses and, and send them an email and let them know about the show and let them know that you want to hear it on the radio. Right? Is that fair? If they want. I mean, I'm, I would never ask anyone to do that. Personally, I would never ask anyone to do that because, you know, I, I I don't feel the need to to you know beg you to like me or beg you to want me. The fact of the matter is, is that if I they want to, no, but here it is, Russ. Here's what I, here's how I'll say it. Here's how I'll say it. Here I'll support this. This is what I'll support. I'll say, look, Russ's idea is a good one. You want to let those those stations know that you want, uh, you know, legitimate, real, 
flyers conversation on the radio station, you should you should ask for that. But do me a favor. Don't say that it should it absolutely should be us. Just ask for it in general. Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, need to be you and fair. me. Right? It doesn't need to be the the point the point is is it doesn't need to be us that's doing it. Because we're going to keep doing what we do anyway, whether whether we're on a radio station or we're just doing a podcast, it doesn't make a difference, right? It doesn't affect you and me. The people that are being affected are the fans. They're the ones who are not getting the content that they want. So therefore, somebody should give that to them. And I'm in, I'm 100% in support of that. And like I said, it does not have to be me. It could be whoever you want to put. But just do me a favor, radio station people. If it's go- if you're going to do this, make sure you put people in who know what they're talking about. That's all. That's all I ask. I agree. Look at us. Hey, <laughs> hey, look at us. Yeah. And by the way, there are good podcasts out there. There are. There are plenty. I, of them. I think I think we can actually acknowledge now that we are not the only Flyers podcast. <laughs> Despite the fact that you started the show that way. <laughs> Listen, that's just my thing. It's my shtick. You didn't there do are, o, you didn't do oh yes though did you? I didn't do oh yes because oh yes is reserved for the radio. You get oh yes back when we're back on the radio. Oh okay. Until then, it, it has to be one or the other. I can't mix oh yes and the people's podcast. It doesn't work like that. Okay. By the way, um, speaking of being the people's podcast and the players' podcast, um, we got caught on camera, and I, I put it on Twitter because after the Flyers beat the Rangers the other night. Um, there was the video going around of the little kid who ran down to the glass to flip off, uh, was it Lindgren? Yeah. And um, he bangs on the glass, runs down, pounds on the glass, and then gets his attention and flips him a double bird. Kid's probably 12 years old. I, I don't even think he's that old. I think he was younger yeah, than that. Nah, he was 12. I think he was 12. I, I, I'll, he looked I'll, like a middle school age kid. I'd go 9 or 10, to be honest with you. No. Yes. Yes. He might have been small for his age. Nah, I don't see it. <laughs> To be to be nine years old and flip a double bird, I don't know. That's that's pretty. That's I named him it, Billy. I named him Billy Double Birds on Twitter. That's what made it uh, so awesome to me. Yeah. So he he goes over, flips a double bird, and so we do what we usually do. We meander into the locker room after the game, and I go find a player. I guess I should keep him nameless, right? Um, yeah. I walk over to a player and I'm like, "You need to see this. Like you, you, you just need to see it." And He's cracking up while the media scrum's going on. I forget who was at the at the cameras at that point. It might have been might have been Kevin Hayes. It's Kevin Hayes. Um, so it wasn't so Kevin he's Hayes. Cra- so it's, you guys, so he, yeah. you guys, you so, guys can now figure it out. It's one of the other nineteen guys who played so, Friday. Yeah, so I I go I go to show him this this video. He's cracking up. It's great. And then Anthony and I kind of start meandering, and uh, I think. Multiple players now are more cognizant of uh, scrum lurkers after we interviewed TK. I think that's gone around the locker room quite a bit. Yeah. I've been hearing the words uh, lurkers and scrum lurkers uh, quite a bit. Yep. Um, So that's becoming a thing. But the cameras caught us cackling and uh, walking into the, uh, the scrum circle. And what it left out was all the times that you went back in to lean to at least one player to poke fun and to joke about something else. So I guess I guess we've been caught having well, I'll positive tell you what, interactions with players. I'll tell you I'll tell you what the the, the my lean in and joking was about was about the all the chirping that was going on uh, between the fly and that was another thing that you tweeted out the video of uh, it was Hayes um, 
and he's uh, going to the bench and Lemieux, Lemieux going after him. Yeah. Yeah. Going back and forth. And then when they get over to the bench, uh, it was uh, Lawton and TK, um, like just letting, letting him have it. And apparently Brian Elliott was also <laughs> in that you couldn't see it in the video because Hayes is kind of blocking him. But Elliott apparently was, was chirping as well. And the, the player I was talking to, uh, was saying that uh, th- that it was something that was going on all game. Like it wasn't just that moment. It was like from the minute they they got on the ice to the end of the game. Like they didn't stop. It was relentless. And that he was telling me that it was going to happen on Sunday too. So, uh, and if you didn't notice, I don't know if you noticed, but um, Lemieux, by the way, got a two and ten <laughs> in the game against the Flyers. <laughs> on Sunday and had to spend 12 minutes in the box. So, um, yeah, I think that they kind of, they kind of got under his, got under his skin a little bit. I would say so. I think it's that time. What time? You ready for it? It's time for uh, some five-star reviews. Yes! Before we get, before we get to those, of course, we got to talk about our friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company located at 500 Bristol Pike and Bristol PA. Odd Logic Brewing Company is where you should make plans to go Next weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, of course, they're open. Odd Logic Brewing Company, the thing that I say every week, it's the selection. It's not going into a craft brewery and finding a board with eight beers and seven of them are IPAs. Nay, nay. That's not what it's all about. They've got a great variety from IPAs to uh, to brown ales. They've got stouts. I'm looking to see right now on their page if they've got anything new hitting the tap because last weekend... They had the uh, Walk Off the Earth, a 7% porter conditioned in Madagascar, vanilla beans, and toasted coconut. And I don't know about you, Anthony, but toasted coconut sounds good right about now. Kind of kind of makes you think about the summer a little bit, does it not? Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can also go out there and, and get the, uh, do you remember what the name of my favorite one is, pal? No. The Hooligan Factory, right? That's it, Hooligan sure Factory. Sure is. Yeah. Now listen, they've got a whole bunch coming out, and uh, on tap right now, I'll go down a rundown real quick. Remember the Titans is a cream ale they've got. Uh, no Ideas Original, a double IPA that's got uh, some tropical fruits in there. A Look Within is a 6.2% Saison with sweet banana and subtle citrus flavors. All puns in 10 to 7% American IPA. Hollow Moon Theory. I've got to get out for this one. I think it's a Vit beer, right? Orange peel on the nose, touch of coriander. Whew. Whew. Critical Extinction. West Coast Double IPA, if you're into that kind of thing. And, of course, right in the feels, Salted Caramel Coffee, a 12% stout. Anthony, I think we have to go out there and give this one a shot. Maybe two, maybe three. Of course, they also have handcrafted cocktails from their friends at 1675 Whiskey. And perhaps the best thing of all, they've got cold brew coffee on nitro available for your designated driver for you if you're out there for a while. But get out to Odd Logic Brewing Company, 500 Bristol Pike and Bristol PA. Big thank you. Follow them over on Facebook. Odd Logic Brewing Company. Big thank you to them. Anthony, it's time for five-star reviews. And we've been asking people in recent weeks, go on to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Because if nothing else, it makes you feel better, makes you happy. And of course, I think it's the reason that you recovered so uh, so quickly from pneumonia. It was the five-star <laughs> reviews keeping you warm. That's what it is. In that, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So we've got Nick Gabriel, who says, uh, the only flyers podcast five stars snow the goalie is no longer the only flyers podcast even nbc sports philly has one now no doubt in the wake of snow the goalie's success but it is no doubt the best it's the highlight of my monday huge supporter of the idea of going to two episodes per week down the stretch one criticism you guys should lay off advanced stats a little 
even would love to see you incorporate them into your show since they are really useful when used as part of a holistic view of the game. Keep on rocking. Oh, yes! Thanks, there. Nick. I gave you... I gave you the uh, well. That's because he wrote. That's because he wrote it, and that's not because you. It's not because you just decided to do it spontaneously. Um, I I think we might end up having to go to two episodes a week. Uh, We might team. I I mean, if this team continues the the run of play that they do, I'm actually thinking about this. I want I want feedback from the people. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Snow the Goalie on Twitter at Snow the Goalie at Joy on Broad at Ensign Philly, Crossing Broad, all the jam. if we did the press row show and if we archived it as part of the podcast feed, would that be enjoyable? Because that almost in a sense does act like a secondary podcast for us during the week. I mean, sure you're getting uh, some of our game analysis a little bit after the fact, but we typically in the pregame at least are talking about major storylines going into the game uh, or going into the weekend. So I don't know. It's a thought. Um, And then here's the other one, 200 foot Dan. Great discussion about the Flyboys. Five stars. There's absolutely no radio conversations on the Flyers. Even if there was, it couldn't compare to Anthony and Russ. Great job, boys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, 200-foot Dan. Yeah. Of course, if you want to be like 200-foot Dan and uh, Nick Gabriel, you need to go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. If you don't have an Apple device, go um, commandeer your kid's iPhone or your siblings or your aunt or uncle's or... Find some kid or some other person at the library who's got an iPhone and say, hey, can you really quick hit up Apple Podcasts and with a five-star review for Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. I'm sure they'll let you. Right? Right. Anything else you want to say to the people, my friend, before we uh, before we wrap this one up? No, no. It was a good episode. It was uh, fun talking to you. And look, we went longer than I did with Bob on uh, Crossed Up, which is late. I and mean, that's, you know, usually with Bob, we're burning the midnight oil. I'm not used to this with you. So uh, this was a good one. You know, this was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, the, by the way. again soon. Yeah. By the way, this yeah. has nothing to do with the Flyers, but uh, Tuesday night mm. at uh, Chickies and Pete's, I think it's the, the Chickies and Pete's over by uh, the stadium. Uh, not the one at Xfinity, the one down the road. Yeah. Uh, I'll be representing Crossing Broad at the uh, Philadelphia Union's FIFA tournament, and the uh, winner gets $2,000 to a charity of their choice. I don't know how I'm going to do, but I'm going to try to play uh, to benefit the ALS Foundation. So if you're uh, going to be out and about and you want to come out and support, uh, there will be uh, some media personalities out there playing in a FIFA tournament. I will be more than happy to uh, to talk some smack and try to uh, <laughs> you know, cause mayhem yeah. for Crossing Broad. Because Love that's it. what we do. So, all right, we will be back. Don't forget, later this week, Flyers have uh, whew, they've got two games at home this week. Thursday night, hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll have the Press Row show. And then, of course, over on Saturday, they host the Buffalo Sabres. We'll also have the Press Row show there. If you haven't followed the Press Row show at this point, it's never too late to get in. It's available on the Crossing Broad Facebook page, the Crossing Broad Twitter account. Our Twitter accounts, at AntSanPhilly, at JoyOnBroad. And then, of course, uh, the Snow the Goalie Facebook page, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie. Of course, you could always go back and find the archived episodes where we've had uh, sit-down interviews with players, coaches, former front office members uh, on the Art19 feed in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can go over to the Crossing Broad YouTube page and watch some of the recent interviews that we've done with Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, Matt Niskanen, and, of course, head coach Elaine Vigneault. 
So for Anthony, follow him on Twitter at AntSanPhilly. I'm Russ at JoyOnBroad. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later this week on the Press Row Show, the only live streaming video show from Press Row of Wells Fargo Center.